Greetings, Grapple fans, and welcome to the latest edition of Let Me Tell You Something. We're back. Guess who's back? Back again. I just told you, so you'd be pretty dumb if you didn't know it was us. <laughs> and by us, I mean myself, Lorca Mullen, and my co-host... Simon Cross. Simon, we are back doing another five-star match that Dave Meltzer rated about a week and a half ago. The perfect full Monty, as it were. And it seems appropriate to go for full Monty, because it's an... All British affair in a British promotion. A brand new promotion as well for this list. I'll get the list up right now and see what number of promotions that now covers. But what are we talking about, Simon? Uh, we are talking about Zack Sabre Jr. taking on Will Ospreay in the process defending his RevPro UK Heavyweight Championship. I think it's the British Heavyweight Championship. The island That's... of Ireland has nothing to do with it. <laughs> you never know. You might defend the Falklands as well. Uh, I don't know. What does the Falklands... Well, no, cause... What is British and what isn't? I mean, we can get into a whole big palaver oh, like that. Oh, Jesus Christ. But, Let's not pull at that, Fred. But uh, Great Britain is, of course, England, Scotland and Wales. And now... Uh, the British Isles are England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, and the Republic of Ireland. And the United Kingdom is England, Wales, Northern Ireland, and Scotland for now. <laughs> oh, God. Anywho, uh, this is a rematch of yes. recent encounter. Yes. Uh, that took place in New Japan. Was yes. it, uh, what's the name of the show? The New Beginnings I think in so, Sapporo? Yes. Yes, I didn't get a chance to watch that this weekend. I'd tried to, but I didn't. So sue me. <laughs> well, the commentators do reference it quite a lot, because mm. it does seem like this is a uh, part deux. Yes. Which is French for two. Ooh. Mm. Stick, yeah, keep that in your own bloody country. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of that, only foreign muck over nah, here. We'll have none of that here, daft lad. <laughs> But, um, yes, yeah, so, uh, I, was, I don't remember, was the New Beginnings match for the same title? I believe yes, it sounds it was, like yes, it was. Yes, Um, and yeah, this is, as I say, this is the first Rev Pro match I've seen at all, uh, let alone, uh, for the purposes of this list, uh, in, in taking place at the hallowed, uh, York Hall in Bethnal Green, uh, more associated with British boxing yes, than British any, wrestling. Any boxer worth their stuff will have been will have fought there at some point or another. Nice intimate venue though. I like the way it looks. Very old like school. Very old school Victorian. Kind yeah, of. and the way it's like um, Rev Pro shoot this. Mm. I do. I think from a presentation point of view, uh, it's really like cool and just gives like a nice earthiness to it. Uh, I've got a couple of pre-match notes before okay. we get beat of it. Be my guest. Um, no, I don't know if he chose to do this storyline-wise or because it was in your call or because it's a bit of both. But the fact that Osprey came in with like his trainers, like effectively it had like a cornerman vibe. Mm-hmm. But they didn't really do anything the in the match. 
much. I thought you could have done a bit more with that. Probably. Yeah. Like, they're just animated and like, they show support for him. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that was a nice touch. Mm. Especially because they're wearing like hoodies going back and he comes in in his resplendent entrance robe. With a, lot like, white robe. a lot of feathers going on. Mm. Fur. I don't know. Something. It's fur. It's fur. Wait, are you saying that Will Ospreay's a furry? <laughs> I'm saying he's gorgeous. Have you ever... Nah, not really. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, obviously I can't compare, but... He, uh, <laughs> have you ever dealt with furries? No, no, I've not, I've not come across them or Ooh. met them. <laughs> I've not met any. They sometimes that, do that... little things in Birmingham City Centre, like little gatherings, which are a bit... Look, each to their own. Um... I I had a friend who lived with a furry for a few years. Like it was right. his, his lodger. He was his lodger. Maybe okay. not a few years, but for a while. And uh, he remembers walking in on a meeting with some of them, and there were like tails coming out of their trousers and, and stuff like that. Like, they were <laughs> half half dressed. They hadn't yet put the full kit on. And his friend was. Are you just, saying furries are the embodiment of full kit wankers? Yeah, I guess so. I guess he was. And he got into a conversation with, with the guy for a while. And apparently there are different types of uh, furries, different types of species and, and particular favourites within there. Right. And so he said to him, what are you? And he said, oh, I'm part of the lizard community. He says, oh, so what are you? He says, oh, well, I'm a, uh, also part of the fantastical realm. So I'm a dragon. I'm quite fierce, actually. Right. I'll always remember that line, just, I'm a dragon, I'm quite fierce, actually. <laughs> and look, look, as long as you're not hurting anyone, you can, people can, well, I mean, if you... Do you think he was a big if Yu-Gi-Oh! You, if you mutually enjoy hurting each other, you know, because then, fine. Uh, as long as it's always consensual. Says the host for a wrestling podcast. Well, that's so. the thing, yeah, you know. Yeah. We've, we've been talking about self-mutilation, <laughs> which we don't get any of in this match, although maybe... Will Ospreay's bones are being mutilated as we speak. We don't know, but um, but uh, yeah. I just the the thing I have about furries though is it is a recent phenomenon because like there were definitely gay people in the eleventh century. There were oh, definitely yeah. transgender people in the eleventh century. Were there furries in the eleventh century? It's hard to say because there was a lot more hunting back Getting then. Getting all dressed so. up in Gawain and the Green Knight. Maybe, yeah, maybe all those... Uh, Pelts sin- just knocking around. Yeah, like like maybe in the Revenants. You know how they're getting all those animal <laughs> <hides>. <laughs> You say he's a, he's a furry in I'm the I'm not saying he's a furry. I'm saying maybe he's getting some supplies for furries, you know? Quite possibly. Didn't seem like a, it was worth the effort, that. <laughs> Let's all kill ourselves in the cold to get some well-off people some mink coats or something. It was like, there must be an easier way. This does not seem necessary. You've got to start selling this for more than $3 a bag. We lost four men on this expedition. <laughs> if you want, if you have a better way of producing ice, then I'd like to hear it. Oh, he's got uh, me there. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um... I'll tell you what, we'll talk about the match now. Um, what I will say is I tried to keep notes and I just couldn't. The pace yeah. that this goes at is insane. I do want to just jump back slightly. Just the before furry we get to stuff. 
No, 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 no. Uh, when Zack Sabre Jr. makes his entrance, I see one of the most animated responses I see from a Rampway fan ever. <laughs> the bird he's flipping, Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, the strength it was, behind it. It was taking flight, that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Zack has got that great, just cocky, prick demeanour on. It's it's a real sense, in this whole match is a sense of no one... No one's really putting a step wrong. No one's making any mistakes, and they're catching each other out. It's like top level. It's like you know the early noughties matches between Man United and Arsenal, or uh, yeah. or a Wimbledon final between Nadal and Federer, or Djokovic or Murray. You know, they're just they're all they're both playing to their very best, and it's that sense of Will Ospreay has to exceed his best in order to beat the best. You know, Saber has that great sort of Ric Flair esque. Yeah, uh, Tanahashi esque, Okada esque, uh, Triple H champion, you know, best in the business attitude. Care about him. Yeah, yeah. the champion, uh, him being the title holder, definitely gives him like an extra like ten percent, like in his locker, in terms of the way he carries himself. And like, it, it's weird to see Osprey, who's been like bulking up something chronic, get like. Shoulder bars and shoved yeah. in like three match introduction. Was, do you think that was uh, Zack Sabre doing a bit of Conor McGregor there? The world's most bit. deadliest shoulders. Yeah. I think it's weird because the story... kicking, and you see it plenty in this match, but he's putting in those shoulders and just yeah. trying to bully Will Ospreay. Well, because the commentators talk about how in previous encounters, Zack has used his like physicality to... to um, Give himself the opportunity to employ his uh, his technical holds against Osprey. Like um, he's a very but, slight man, so it's not yeah. quite that believable that he can bully someone in the same way that like a uh, like a Drew McIntyre or, or someone yeah. like that. But Grant is a member of Suzuki Gun, so does have strength. Yeah, yeah, but Suzuki and as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just weird because it's it's sort of the narrative that. Zach's trying to like. Well, it's the it's what they're trying to put forward is that Zach is still this. Are capable of bullying Osprey, well, and Osprey is... Osprey's overcoming that. But look at the, look at how thick Osprey's shoulders are at Ooh. the start of this competition. You seem to like doing that. There's nothing wrong with that. Saying he's filled out well. Um, yeah, I, I think it helps that he's already tall. So you know they're both quite they're both over six foot tall. Um, so yeah, but, but the thing with Zack Sabre Jr. is he has this confidence because there is that sense that at any moment he can catch you, put yeah. you in a submission hold, and he'll find the right combination to make you have to submit because you're in so much pain. Because that's also one of the fun things about Zack Sabre's submission work. He never really settles on one hold, you know? Yeah. It's not it's like... It's not uses like, two together. Yeah, it's not like guys, like, you know having their trademark submission holds and just looking for that. You know, Ric Flair just looking for the figure four leg lock. Bret Hart just looking for the sharpshooter. Kurt Jericho, Angle. Jericho. Yeah, Angle with the ankle lock. With Zach, it's just submission holds. He finds the right thing and he and he punishes. He seems to focus his attack as much as possible on Osprey's neck. Like when he gets a brief moment where he catches Osprey, he immediately does like that neck crank thing. Yeah. Where he puts his... Uh, at, head between his ankles and spins around, you know? Yeah, that's trying to like, thing, like, get an opening on that early doors. Yeah, the whole match is about how you can't have a wasted motion, that everything has to mean something. There is no... I mean, look, I don't I don't denigrate the Will Ospreay-Ricochet match, but there is nothing in that choreographed sense 
the, the, the Will Ospreay Ricochet match had. This is Osprey having to adapt to what to go into Zack Sabre's world, survive it, and excel in it. Yeah. He's got to... Um, it's it's more over the course of the match as well, how he has found ways to like deal with what Zack's done in previous matches. Yeah. Um, when Zack takes the powder early on, he's sort of like prepared for it yeah. and like, does his like traditional flip into like his uh, crouching three-point yeah. position. That's been just the recurring note in this, and that I've summed it up in one line. It's just counters to counters, counters. And that's really what you're getting in this match. Mm. And there's great ways of like, Osprey displaying his, like, um, I don't want to say newfound, because he has built up over like, the last 12 months. But mm. I, I guess for this rivalry, it's sort of newfound, because I don't know how much they've interacted over the past 12 months prior to uh, their New Japan match. But they've never been defined by a feud with each other until recently. You know, Osprey's still been going backwards and forwards between the junior and the heavyweight division. I think they've met in the G1 Climax before, uh, once maybe, and I think Zack won that match. For the most part, it's been Zack owning uh, Osprey, similar to like the Kushida storyline, and there's always that sense of... Osprey has that next level to go. My guess is the next level after this will be defined by Okada. You know, that mm-hmm. step is next, his final rung on the ladder to climb. Um, because and that cause of it, a couple of eruptions in chaos as well, potentially. This is the culmination of a certain chapter in Osprey's life as well, because at the end of it, I don't know if you, I didn't, I didn't stick around, but I remember reading the report after this match happened. That uh, afterwards in his uh, promo, he said he would defend the championship with honor and come back to Rev Pro more. But he also said at this point that he's graduating. Well, not graduating, but he's going to wrestle solely as a heavyweight. He's yeah, not going to go back to the junior heavyweight division, which was something I'd expected to happen. Mm. And like, I think a great way of like summing up that he's a heavyweight now uh, was within this match, and it's when Zach's got the triangle choke yeah. uh, locked in on him, and he powers out. Once with a regular power bomb, but then Zach, to sum up, like you can't give any wasted motion to uh, piggyback off your point. Zach immediately reapplies it, and that seems to cinch in even deeper. And then Osprey just slowly the elbows on his head yeah. as well. And then Osprey just slowly climbs up with him to as yeah. far as the second rope, and then just smashes it the into whole... the canvas. Yeah, the whole thing about Zach is that he's essentially like a boa constrictor. He yeah. can wrap himself... Because he's not a physically intimidating guy. You know, if I bumped into Zack Sabre in a pub... I mean, mm. I don't think I have a chance with anyone. But I would think, well, if I have a chance against anyone, it might be this guy. This lanky streak of piss, you know? Yeah, yeah. He um, doesn't look like a traditional hard man. Yeah, like you would... Vince McMahon would not give him a second in, mm. in the ring. Whereas in New Japan, they have more of an understanding. I don't think he went far in the Cruiserweight Classic. He reached the semis. They wanted it. There was clearly they wanted to Oh, book. he did. Sorry. Yeah. They clearly wanted to book Sabre against Ibushi for the final, but neither of them would sign up for the contract. So when they did the semi-final and the final, they both lost to Metalik and uh, TJ Perkins. Oof. Was it TJ Perkins? Yeah, it was TJ. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's Perkins, yeah. Yeah. So, the, the, and at that point, he, he chose to go with New Japan, where he was very quickly put into the main event scene. Well, not in the main event scene, but the heavyweight scene. Uh, he's sort of been treading water for the past year or so, after the previous G1 Climax, where he finished uh, with a win over Tetsuya Naito, and I think he was in, like, the... Like, he had as as equal highest points in that block, but, like, the win-loss record meant yeah. that someone else 
beat him on that. So, you know, you thought he was up a certain step in New Japan, and now that he's been put into a feud with John Moxley, that would suggest that maybe they are going to move him up at a level, mm-hmm. so he's going to go for either the United States title or the Intercontinental title more frequently at this point. Yeah. And you have to wonder if Moxley requested that to, like, flex his technical muscles as opposed to his body of work in AEW. I think just know that there's there's personalities that would make a really interesting match, and they do have have a fantastic personality clash. You know, like, I think I've said this before, my favourite description of Zack Sabre Jr. is he looks like he has a very strongly held opinion of every squad member of the team he supports. (laughs) And will give them to you unrequested. Yeah. Usually bellowing it at a bar into your ear. Yeah. But <clears throat> I'm interested to see where Zack Sabre Jr. goes. I do think when you made the Naito point, was that possibly a bit more about Naito's story? About him being like going through his like mid-2019 slump before he Yeah, yeah, that was out. a factor in it. But the fact that they chose Sabre to be the one to beat him is a sign. Yeah. You know, they, they, they think hard and long about who is going to win what against whom in what fashion at what time. Long-term booking in New Japan. You mm. do surprise me. No, but... Uh, whereas with RevPro, they kind of just have to react to what New Japan offers them, uh, especially yeah. from what I understand. When you get the whole Brit Ress is dead movements, uh, which I can't claim one way or the other who's right and who's wrong. Like, they'll mm. cite various mistakes that RevPro have made in recent years and months especially being tied down to New Japan. Although they're the only, they're the biggest British promotion with no strong links to the WWE, but they have yeah. strong links to New Japan, which are a completely different issue. And then there was a whole fiasco about the referee getting beaten up at one of them um, events. Oh, God, yeah. I remember that whole palaver. And then they're initially not siding with him. Yeah. Uh, well, they handled that from a PR perspective terribly. Well, it wasn't. They wouldn't say anything publicly, but then someone saw like private messages where it seemed like the promoter was on the side of the guy that just beat up the ref. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But they are the seventeenth promotion in wrestling. Look, as many as seventeen. Well, Joshi. Here we guess. go. Okay, there's your challenge now, Simon. Name as many of those seventeen in sixty seconds, starting from now. WCW. Yep. Uh, WWE. Yep. New Japan. Yep. All Japan. Yep. Noah. Yep. TNA. Yep. Ring of Honor. Yep. AEW. Yes. Hustle. No. Uh, oh, I can't remember the name of that one. Skip. Uh, AAA. Yes. Uh, NWA. People. Sorry. Do we count the NWA or have I got that with WCW? NWA, yes, yes. Okay, UWF? No, yes. Uh, of remember that. All Japan Women's Wrestling? Yes. You have 20 seconds. Yeah. What did you say, sorry? Um, no, I didn't, I, that wasn't get, a guess there. That was me just... You have five to get in 10 seconds. Oh, wow, I've often missed. I'm going to hate myself for this. Um, well, for a start... I've done Noah. Japan, go on. Well, for a start, you missed out Rev Pro. Ah, well, the one we're doing. Yeah, sorry, it's just so recent. Uh, PWG. Oh, yes. Michinoku Pro Wrestling. That's the one with Funaki, isn't it? 
And then the two other European promotions with uh, five stars to their name. OTT. Ah, White Wolf. And White Wolf. And OTT. Surprisingly, not yet WXW. Not yet. Hmm. But, yeah, like I said, this match is just about how both men are at their best and their counters to counters counters. It goes at such a quick pace. And also what I love is that in, when, when it incorporates Will Ospreay's high flying, it really is that sense that it's a strength. But it's not the only part of his arsenal anymore. He also, like you said, has power moves. He strikes really hard with his chops and some of his kicks. Oh, there's a great moment where Zach, is it Zach's just kicking him in the head. Mm. Slight. And he's, no, it's chest kicks, but he's... Will psyching up and psyching up and psyching up and like very new Japan like he just hits a yeah. single forearm yes. and drops the blow. Ishii taught him that. It's yeah. no, <laughs> um, no uh, and also like when he does a high flying move, he's doing it with a like a minimum of uh, weight in between. He will go when he goes to the top rope for a shooting star press, he's not wasting a second building mm. it up, or when he gets when he goes for like a handspring elbow, it's to disorient Zack Sabre Jr. who's going in a different direction. They're doing like a crisscross when they're running the rope so that it, like, Zack loses his uh, sense of perspective and he's got a kick, you know... Next thing you know, clouted in the side of the head. Yeah, yeah. And so he's just, he's kind of becoming the complete wrestler at this point because he still has just agility and ability to do things beyond what really any other wrestler's ever been able to do. Yeah. When you look at things like his spin kick where he just seems to go... Like cartoon speed when he just does that full somersault and lands on his feet. Oh. It's the flip back he does as well. Like yeah. that, that is quite partial to. Um, his standing shooting star press is phenomenal. Mm. The thing with the standing shooting star press is it often doesn't feel like it makes that much actual impact. If yeah, someone as good as Tyler Bate, it doesn't really. Hangman's isn't brilliant in terms well, of like how well, it. Looks yeah. it's not a, it's not a, it's not a um, standing shooting star press. Although I think he might do that as well. But the most egregious example of that with a high flying move that doesn't look like it maybe actually hurts that much is uh, John Morrison's Starship Pain. Yeah, that, that that's just going to put him like in a wheelchair. His two arms slightly touch the person's chest, and the fact that there's actual pain in the name as well. It's like I don't feel like anyone's. Mm. Anyone on the receiving end of that is feeling too much pain necessarily. But uh, I think yeah, Morrison like, is. The whole thing about this as well is, like I said, Zack Saber Junior gets into your head. He's he's like a really you know he digs at you. He's like um, he's a vicious like, little bastard. He's like got that sort of Robbie Savage, <laughs> uh, Sergio Ramos, shithousering. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like even but even little things to get to your head. Like one of the really good bits I liked at the start is when as. Will Ospreay's beating uh, on Zack on the outside. Rolls him back into the ring and pins him. And Zack kicks out even before the one count and just gives him a look. Of how dare you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's how like, you, his confidence is earned because when he, ca- he can just catch him at all these different kind of moments and everything that Osprey has, he has a counter to. He has ways of getting out of the Stormbreaker and turning it into a guillotine choke or he has ways mm. of getting out of, you know, uh, which are, which then Will Ospreay turns into a brain buster. Like you say, not just using his agility, but using more strength to get it uh, as well. Like a like package when, brain buster thing as well, Yeah, yeah. Like when Will Ospreay will do a, a handspring kick, Zach will immediately catch the foot and turn it into an ankle lock, you know? Yeah. 
just... it's when he catches that flip kick and he applied that STF straight after it. Yes. It's just the yeah, speed yeah. of how quickly um, Osprey was in that hold. And he has some really nasty suplexes as well. He does a half Nelson suplex where we get the unfortunate uh, oh. need of Will Osprey to also hurt himself when he does these things. He turns an os cutter into a sleeper suplex when os- but Osprey then lands on his feet from that. What I also liked at one point was when they did the pin reversal sequence when it's the cradles. It actually only yeah. went for like three or four. Instead of it going for like six, seven, eight, nine, and it just looks like it's you know, it's Choreograph. crazy that spot that started off with like Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero. Um and then like within a few years I remember it was always like one of the spots that Stacey Keebler and Tori Wilson would do in their matches. <laughs> yeah. So that might be more to do with how the legs and the you know, other yeah. parts of the body are positioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? And that can make it look it. too choreographed as well because it looks like they're working with each other to make sure no one gets, you know, it's yeah. one, two, one, two. But my favorite story from that is that I think I've told this one already. CM Punk and Colt Cabana in the early in their career were doing a an Iron Man match, and they lost track of who'd what got the most pin who have how many pins and they knew they wanted they knew that colt was supposed to win so they did that cradles reversal sequence but every time colt did it, he got a three count and every time punk did it, he only got two count <laughs> this is racking up like yeah numbers. yeah yeah so by the end of it it's like 18 five or something like that yeah, gotta make sure yeah 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 the, uh, the... But no, uh, you're right, because with the cradles, um, Zach especially, like in terms of the way his like, legs wriggle when he's trying to get out of it, like it's just like they're, they're holding each other down. They're not just waiting for the person to kick and go with the momentum that that person does when they kick out. They're like literally trying to pin them to the mat. Yeah. Another good example of like the adapting within the match is that Osprey, not, they're fighting in the corner on the t- top rope and uh, Osprey knocks Sabre off the ropes. But Sabre starts rolling away to prevent him getting a big move. So Osprey just has to leap the full length of the ring to I get love to that him. moment. He's like, oh, he's out of range. Oh, no, he's not. Smash. He's not out of Osprey range. <laughs> it just highlights his, like, he's going, he's finding that extra little bits he needs to, to finally put Sabre Jr. away. Yeah. Uh, like like um, his top rope Oscutter yeah. is like him going further than he usually does with the Oscar. So, uh, it's the moment in, in the corner where he goes with Cheeky Nando's and that's when, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. is trying to choke the ever-loving life out of him. But then he's able to escape it and put him back in position for the Cheeky Nando. So it's yeah. that sign of his resilience that he will get it, th- it will get to do it, you know? It's learning. Ability and resistance at the same time. It's his ring positioning as well because every time Zack does catch him, he's not, not usually not in it for very long before he manages to get to the ropes. Like he gets his like leg out and like just drapes the toe over quite yeah. a lot of early doors. So he, yeah, the whole thing about Osprey is he has to un like match Zach over everything. He has to match him on the mat. I remember at one point Zach does one of his trademark cradles and then Osprey reverses it into his version of one of Zach's trademark cradles. You know, it's like I can beat I can I can match you on the mat, I can match you with the strikes, I can hold I can get out of any submission hold you put on. Partly thanks to me being quite tall and this being quite a small ring, but still, you know, I I, I won't submit, I won't give in, and he just it means yeah. something for him, you know. And he finally passes it with the hidden blade 
And the Stormbreaker that Zack had been able to reverse out of so many times, but this time he just is able to get it in. And it's the three counts. It's great that he makes sure as well, because like Hidden Blade, he's beaten people with. Mm. Um, and he's just going to like, make, absolutely make sure he's got the job done. Also, forgot to do the, the nasty headbutt spot at one point as well, just to show that kind of, you know, it's not, it's not fun this to watch, but sure. it is that oh, and, um, sense that he will go, he will push himself even further, he will take the punishment to do it. And there's one kick that Zat hits, and the sound on it is like, oh, it's winter. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like a shotgun blast or something. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, Osprey also returns fire with some of the loudest chops you've ever heard. So again, he's hanging out with Ishii a lot. So, like I said, I mean, this match, as well as everything else, makes me think this could very well be the Osprey year. I, I genuinely could see him winning the G1 this year. Or at the very least, reaching the final. I no, I I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I there. can see, I can see them. I can see him main eventing, challenging for the IWGP Heavyweight Title in Madison Square Garden, and that being a sellout. Obviously, yeah. he'd need to do. You know, he'd need to get the title shot in a different way at that point. But I'd like I to think, see who he'd face at that point. I but don't it'd know. have to be Okada or Naito. Yeah, really. I mean, like Mel. Meltzer has said himself, like, the only people that he can see main eventing a show that could sell out the MSG are, like, Okada. Well, Okada has to be in it, probably. And one of Naito or Osprey or maybe Tanahashi, but not really anymore. And not yeah. really Jay White, probably. No, Jay would have, he'd have a different style of match. Yeah. One which There's I, th- I think, to... yeah, I feel more to the Western uh, school of wrestling. And I do think I, I quite like the way that Jay like, I like Jay Shithouse. Yeah, we know, we know you're a Jay White fan. You don't need yeah. to you don't need to explain yourself here. <laughs> this is a spe- safe space for Jay White fans. Yeah, I love a knife person. But do you love an aerial assassin enough to give him five stars for maybe his coming out party? Essentially, I think there's a lot of those already. But I am going to give this five stars. Because mm. um, I all look. Like, it's remiss of me, especially because we've watched a lot of New Japan uh, recently. But I, I, all I knew about this match is they had recently had a match. I didn't know a lot about the Rev Pro story yeah. uh, in terms of like his Osprey's journey to get closer and closer and chip away at the Zack Sabre Jr. block. Well, I don't they... know how much that's been like. I don't know how much Zack is uh, like Will Osprey's defined by Rev Pro or not really. Mm. I know that it was a match he had in that promotion against. Um, Okada that led to him being brought into New Japan. So yeah. in that sense, it is. But I don't know. I don't know one way or the other if he's been like if this has been as much of a journey for him to win this title yeah. as like Johnny Gargano winning the NXT title. Oh okay. yeah, or, no, or no. Like no. Tommy oh, Dreamer well. winning the ECW title. I don't know if it's defined him. Necessarily. Yeah, no, I wouldn't necessarily say that. But it's clearly the, a story that's laid out is that he's getting closer and closer. Um, in terms of when he goes against Zach in within the Rev Pro's confines, um, and they take me along for the ride. And I, 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 I think it's it starts slow, but that's clearly like a feeling out process. Mm. And then well, I when the gears I, kick in, yeah, I, I, mean, I don't think. I, to be honest, I prefer the body of the match and the opening to the match a lot more than I have a lot of recent Okada matches. Mm. It felt fresher and different. Okada sometimes feels like he goes through the motions. They're fantastic motions, but they're still the motions. Yeah. Um, so, 
So I, I was I was on the bridge on 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 the precipice one way or the other. I think I will go five stars. Um, I didn't know if the I never felt like the crowd was that. I don't know. Maybe that was just the audio or something. I, yeah, I the audio felt, seems quite muffled. The commentator. Yeah, I never felt quite gripped by the crowd or the presentation of it with the mm. commentators, but I could tell. Like, you couldn't find fault with what they were doing in the room. One of them talks too much too quickly. They're trying to cram, like, too much yeah, stuff. Yeah, the, the mic has got kind of... The audio in on the mic is not much better than the audio in this podcast. <laughs> saying something, you know? <laughs> what was the name of that uh, owner of the jewellery company that said their watches were crap at a live press conference? Oh, uh, I don't know. Diamonds are crap anyway. Like, I know, I know the owner of the De Beers... Diamond Company said that diamonds are intrinsically worthless. Which they are, but we're not going to get into that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's where I'm coming from, and that seems to be where you're coming from. Uh, we haven't yet got official word, but we are running on the assumption that this time next week we will be uploading another video because it does seem like with all the disc- well, basically. Dave Meltzer, I was saying on the radio the other day, was saying that there was a match that happened last weekend at time of recording. That's the best match of the year, given that he's already given four matches five Five stars this year. That would suggest he's going five star at a minimum. So let's just say right now what we're going to be covering next week almost certainly, Simon. What are we going to be doing? We're going to be doing some cowboy stuff. We're going to be watching... Stuff is that what we're going to be doing. I'll pull that one up. We're doing some cowboy shit, let's there face it. There we go. There we go. Shit. Uh, as don't get, Kenny, don't get too into it. As the elite... Can't have, can't have a go at, can't have a go at um, furries if you're into... Uh... I, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not be throwing around. I'm a scab those. man. Be ba 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 da Jesus. <laughs> that, that's on me, listeners. My bad. Uh, we're watching the elite go against each other, though, as Hangman Page and Kenny Omega defend their titles against the Young Bucks at uh, AEW Revolution. I really wish they'd called it Lethal Leap Year, but I guess Southpaw Regional Wrestling does have that on lock. Yeah, and also maybe they can get someone to turn up as Leap Day William to be the uh, special guest referee. <laughs> but um, oh, I, like, I've watched this uh, match recreationally I've, I've not watched it with uh, the bdi that we run over it and... oh yeah yeah our serious analytical yeah <laughs> but oh fun i think it's fun mike's gone what are you gonna say repeat that your mic went we are waiting for back in... okay uh i was gonna say i think it's one of the few, few times i've seen the match before you in these scenarios. So I'm, I'm enjoying the moral high ground. It's nice. I don't know if you can say moral high ground. I guess I guess you have the moral high ground in a sense because I accidentally spoiled uh, one of the results for you. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, but, you know. That's just how WhatsApp works sometimes. You're chatting with one person about one thing, you're chatting with someone else about another, and then they just... It's that kind of attitude that ends up with nudes in group chats. It's that kind of chat that ends up with divorce in some circumstances. Mm. So, you know. Oh fuck! Wrong person. Oh, you you did what with the wrong person? <laughs> Who the hell's the right person? Depends what you send in, I guess. Yeah, but there's nothing left to say at this point, except that my name is Lorcan Mullen, and my name's Simon Cross. 
Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time.